We're grateful and thankful tonight for your presence, and we thank you for the anointing that destroys yokes and removes burdens. We are grateful that you are the same yesterday and today and forever, and that there is no shadow of turning with you. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. And so, Lord, tonight we're believing you for good and perfect gifts. We're believing you, Lord, tonight especially to heal the sick. We're believing you that your power will manifest, that it will manifest in those who are here who need healing for themselves. And also, Lord, that healing will go forth from this place through the spoken word, through the transfer of the anointing, through various ways. And we're believing you, Lord, for wonderful testimonies and good reports. And we're thanking you and praising you in advance for these. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, if you agree, amen. Amen. Out here on the welcome desk are these free cards of healing scriptures, front and back. These are scriptures that we have used around here for quite a while. These are a part of my life and Glenna's life and have been for many years. And so one of the things we wanted to do in this uh, particular series on divine healing was to walk through these, meditate on these together, give you some uh, tidbits, some nuggets from these verses, and uh, just look and see what the Lord would say to us through these. And so tonight, I'm going to do what we've done every week since we started this, and that is I'm going to go down through till we get to our next one and just uh, declare these together. So we'll start in Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, do not let them depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. And then from Isaiah 53, the great redemptive chapter, Surely he has borne our sicknesses, our griefs, and carried our pains and our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes or his bruises or his blood, we are healed. Healing is a blood-bought blessing, a redemptive right. Then Matthew eight sixteen and 17, And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So Matthew, by the inspiration of the Spirit, quoted from Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. By the Holy Ghost's own inspiration, he gave us commentary. And notice he used the word infirmities and sicknesses. And so thank God. It's just a reinforcement of the great truth of healing. And then 1 Peter two twenty four, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Galatians 3.13 and 14. I'll go ahead and quote the 14th verse, even though it's not written here. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
And then we have in verse number uh, Exodus 15, 26, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. We talked about that last week. Then Exodus 23, or week before last, Exodus 23, 25, and 26, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. So we're not dying young. Amen. The number of our days we will fulfill. For the eyes of the Lord, next verse, Second Chronicles 16, 9, run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. And then tonight, for the next one, and this is a new one, we haven't gotten to this one yet, so we'll do it tonight, is from Psalm chapter 91, verses 10 and 16. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh or near thy dwelling. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Every day I declare before the Lord, I will live long, I will live strong, and I will live well. One of the reasons I can say that with confidence is because of that 16th verse in Psalm 91, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now I want to take a minute or two with these two verses and talk about this passage in general, Psalm 91. I referenced last week Smith Wigglesworth's testimony of how that he would not have a knife ever, a surgeon's knife, touch his body, and never, it never happened, even though by law he should have been autopsied after his death, but that never happened either. It's a powerful thing when we say things and believe in our heart and say with our mouth. But anyway, uh, I mentioned how that he was kind of uh, um, ridiculed, I don't know about ridiculed, but teased a little bit or whatever, because for years and years, he declared that, you know, he would live the three score and ten. And um, he kept saying that. And, uh, of course, he uh, was referring to the 90th Psalm, verse 10. The days of our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow for it is soon come off, cut off and we fly away. This uh, 90th Psalm is actually attributed to Moses, Psalm 91, a Psalm of David. But uh, when he got past 80, they said, what are you going to do now? He said, well, you all are in Psalm 90. I'm moving over in Psalm 91 with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Now, you know, he's kind of humorous and funny, but the fact is, if we can find a truth in the Bible that legitimately belongs to us, then we can believe for it. We can believe for it. And so it is, it is very appropriate that a New Testament, New Covenant believer would believe, number one, that no plague will come near our dwelling, and number two, that we will live until we are satisfied with long life. So that means we don't plan for premature death. That means that we're not expecting, looking around every corner in every season of life, wondering if God's going to, quote, take us out. You know, God is not the mafia. 
He's not a hit man. He's not taking people out. He's not whacking people. God is causing people to be healed. God is causing people to live. God is causing people to be blessed. And so we have to use our faith for these things because the devil surely wants to take us out. I mean, think about it. If you are a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, miracle-believing, Bible-believing, Bible-quoting Christian with morals and standards that match that kind of a statement, if you are that kind of person, you are a threat to the devil. And you're somebody the devil would like to neutralize. And he would like to make your life so miserable that you're a testimony for bad things, not good things. But God wants to make you a walking billboard for his goodness and his blessing. Amen. And so one of the things that we notice about Psalm 91, and we could stay in this, this psalm all night, but we're not going to. Um, but there's so many good things in it. But one of the main things I want to point out to you is the reality, the fact that these promises are made to the people who are living where the first verse says we're supposed to live. Now, so let's look at verse 1, Psalm 91, 1. He that dwelleth, not he that visiteth, not he that shows up Easter and Christmas, he that lives in the secret place, the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then he begins to make these wonderful confessions. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid. Aren't you glad you don't have to live in fear? Thou, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the pestilence, nor for COVID-19, 23, 47, 83, flu, RSV, RSVP, uh, (laughs) RFD. None of those things we have to be afraid of. For the, we don't have to be afraid of the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh or near you. So you see, the whole thing hinges on us living in the secret place. Now, what is the secret place? The best uh, example I could give to you is found in the book of Matthew, if you want to turn there with me. Matthew Jesus talks about praying, and in what we call the Sermon on the Mount, as he teaches about praying and teaches about fasting and uh, those kinds of things, and and I'll I'll mention this, he doesn't say uh, if you do those things, but he says when you do those things, amen. And so uh, we want to look at the aspect of prayer And I'm sorry, but I don't have this marked here. Uh, Okay. Let's look in chapter 6 of Matthew. Verse 
Matthew chapter 6, and let's look at verse number 5. Begin there. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. You know, I've noticed one thing about this pulpit being far away is I don't need glasses (laughs) so much. If you're under 20, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. (laughs) And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And so he's talking about public prayer that is not done with the right motivation. And he says, but you, or but thou, when you pray. Notice he says, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in what? What's the word? Secret. What does Psalm 91 say? He that dwelleth in the secret place. So I want to submit to you tonight that the blessings of Psalm 91 10 and Psalm 91 16, which is in our listing of uh, healing scriptures that hopefully you're quoting every day, it's basically applicable if you are spending time in the secret place. If you don't have a prayer life, you don't have much of a foundation to stand on when the pestilence does come and knock on your door. And believe me, it will. We all will have opportunities. And the older I get, the longer I walk with the Lord and the longer I'm in ministry, the more I realize how important it is to do what we've been telling you now for years. But just say it again because it's so important. Constantly feed your spirit along the lines of faith and healing. In addition to everything else that you might read or be interested in or be learning about and all that's good, I guess. But, but everybody at some point in their life is going to need these truths, either for themselves or somebody that they love and care for. And you don't want to be at a disadvantage when the pestilence comes knocking. When the enemy uh, perhaps sees what he perceives as a weakness or a weak place, you don't want to be lacking the knowledge of the word to fight the good fight of faith. You see, even if I've wandered off the pathway somewhat. Even if I've messed up, uh, you know, I can repent quickly. And I encourage you, be quick to repent, quick to forgive, and quick to believe. Those are three things that will serve you well if you'll learn. But, but repentance doesn't take five years. We are not um, of the persuasion that says we need to do penance to pay for past mistakes and past sins. We believe in the full pardon that Jesus bought and paid for with his own blood. And we believe, 1 John 1, 9, that if we we have sinned, that if we will confess that sin, confess it as sin, which means that we're turning from it. We're not just sorry we got caught or that it has presented a problem, but we truly want to walk away from that to please God. If we, will, if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the fact that he is just to do so means he would be unjust if he didn't. 
So God, not me, but God himself, backed himself into this corner whereby if I truly repent and truly confess, he has to forgive me. Now that doesn't mean I want to take advantage and change my lifestyle to constantly and openly practice sin. That doesn't mean I want to tempt God. You understand that, I'm sure. I want to please God, don't you? But I, my point is, I can repent quickly, and I can get something under the blood. But what happens is, even though we do that, if we don't have a foundation of Scripture in our hearts, then we're going to be trying to fight the good fight of faith from a position that is compromised or weak. And I see this happen with people. Over the years, I've seen it a number of times, and I'm not saying it because I take any satisfaction with it, because I don't. It doesn't make me happy at all. But I've seen time and time again people just what we'd call just messing around with their Christianity. You know, it's kind of a hit and miss thing. There's no solid commitment there. They're not really uh, involved in what God is doing and you know, they're kind of the, I'm doing my own thing. You know, you remember, some of you remember years and years ago, if you were a country music fan, you remember there was a song, I think it was Tom T. Hall, Me and Jesus. We got our own thing going. Me and Jesus. You know, it has to be country to be that off grammar wise. But me and Jesus, we got it all worked out. We don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. That's kind of the theme song of everybody who never goes to church, never has a church, don't have a pastor. They're not committed to anything God's doing in the earth. They're just sitting at home, me and Jesus. And my experience, and I've been in full-time ministry now over 40 years, and my experience tells me that that usually never works very well for anybody. Jesus died for the church. I would be very foolish and I'd be very arrogant to ignore what he gave his life for. Amen. So my whole point, I'm running off the reservation here, but pastors do that, you know, on these kind of subjects. But the thing about it is, if you want to claim the blessings of Psalm 91, 10 and 16, you need to have this secret place relationship. That doesn't mean you don't go to work and do your job. That doesn't mean you don't wash the dishes or you don't cut the grass or what all the things we have to do. But what that does mean is that we carve out the time that's necessary to be with God alone. Amen. Just you and Jesus and the Word. And it's not doing your own thing. It's looking to Him to find out what He's saying to you. Amen. So I'm glad tonight to be able to claim that no evil will befall me and neither will any plague come near my dwelling. And I'm glad tonight to declare with long life I will be satisfied. When you hear that I've gone, you will know that I got satisfied. I don't know when that'll be. I don't know how old I will be. I don't know what year of the calendar that may be. And I'm sure for some people it's, it's a different age cumulatively you know some people go home earlier than others and really that's not my business 
Those of us who believe in divine healing and we believe in the principles of faith, if we're not careful, we can, we can get a little nosy and we can get bothered why people die when they did. Why didn't they live to be 102? You know, why didn't they live to be 95? Well, I don't know and it's really not any of my business. Amen? I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm trying to save you some grief. Because the truth is, Anybody that leaves this world and goes to heaven, they're probably wondering why I didn't get here sooner. None of them want to come back. You notice none of them are, there's nobody walked in here tonight and said, hey, I've been in heaven for 10 years. I decided to come back. No, that that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So, you know, we've got a wonderful life here if we serve God. And we've got a greater, even better life on the other side. So let's look at the next one on our list, and this is from the book of Psalm chapter 103. So I'm going to ask you to turn over there, Psalm 103, and we're going to read a few verses. Now our uh, healing scriptures only has um, two of, of the verses, but we're going to read more than that in a moment. But I will first read the, what's on the card. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now, Psalm 103, beginning with verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 5 and kind of look at the context from which we pulled these two verses out. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So this is a psalm of David. This is a psalm of praise. Can I just... Throw this out there. Praise is a great key to healing. Praise is a key to long life. Complaining, griping, telling the sad story to get people sympathy is a good way to get worse and worse and worse. And especially if you're a guy, if you do have a problem, you want somebody to feel sorry for you. Guys are all alike. Glenna had a high school teacher that she really cared for. I got to meet her. She was a very nice lady. And she told Glenna and a bunch of girls in one of their classes they had that men are just little boys in long pants. <laughs> and there's a lot of truth in that. And uh, uh, so, so what we have to realize is that, that we have to bypass that Poor old me, and would you feel sorry for me? And, you know, maybe you could just get that for me. I don't feel like getting up. <laughs> would you bring that? You know, I always like stuff fetched and toted and brought. But, but I have to be careful that I don't do it for the wrong reason. You know? And Glenn is always nice to do that. You know, uh, our, our, my study's upstairs in the house. And so sometimes she will go down and make my coffee and bring it to me. So I can sit there in the recliner, the rocker. I mean, I've got one of these, like a, a you know, a Porsche recliner. It rocks, it reclines, and it swivels. So that's about the most exercise I get in the morning. And, and so I've got my little... Uh, candle warmer heater there and I put my she puts the coffee on there it's just marvelous 
But <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you these stories for the benefit of making marriages better, you know, <laughs> telling you some things you can do. But uh, the point is, she's not doing it because I'm feeling, uh, because I feel bad and I'm trying to make her feel bad. She's just doing it because she loves me. Praise the Lord. You still love me, don't you? In the morning, you still love me. Anyway, we don't want to go that route. We want to bless the Lord. And when you feel like it the least is when you need to do it the most. Now, uh, you know, teaching healing over these many years, uh, there's an evolution in, in our lives as far, you know, as we get older. Things change. Things are different. And one of the things that I've noticed is that the scriptures are all the same as they were 35, 40 years ago. I was, I was, I was you know, teaching from these passages, teaching these truths three decades ago, four decades ago. And these things are, are uh, the scriptures never change. But we get older and our, and our bodies change. And it's amazing how that we... We, we come to these scriptures and we kind of get a little different perspective on some of these things. Amen? And what I'm saying is, for instance, uh, sometimes uh, on Sunday mornings I'll get up and uh, try to prepare myself, you know, for the day and prepare myself for the Sunday service. And I don't like to get up just with barely enough time to get ready and leave. I like to get up and be able to wake up and pray and seek the Lord. But sometimes I have, not every time, but there have been, there have been some times that I've sat down in my Porsche recliner chair. And, and uh, I just feel like that I would like to go back to bed. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily feel good. How many of you know faith isn't based on how you feel? And how many of you also know that how you feel has nothing to do with the truth of the word? And so what I have learned that I must do is I must begin to seek God. And I must begin to worship God. And I must begin to confess the word of God. Because what the word will do and what the anointing will do, it will change how I feel. How I feel doesn't ever change God. But how God is always changes how I feel. Amen. So blessing the Lord is important. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Everybody say benefits. You know, there are probably some of you in here that you took a job, and one of the reasons you took the job was because of the benefits. Not only the salary, but the benefits. And sometimes the benefits are almost as important as the base salary might be. They might be certain situations where it's even better over the long term. And the benefits are important. And so that's not a, a brand new concept. That's not something just in the modern world. All the way back here, thousands of years ago, when the psalmist wrote this, when David wrote this, he talked about not forgetting the benefits of God. Don't forget his benefits. Don't forget what comes to you. You know, the weather's gotten colder. We're into December. And so over the last week or so, I remembered the benefit of a heated steering wheel. And I tell you, that is a benefit. That is a blessing. I could do without a bunch of other stuff. 
But that heated seat and heated steering wheel comes in handy. Praise the Lord. So we're not to forget God's benefits, which is a whole lot better than a heated steering wheel. Uh, And he goes on to tell us what the main two benefits that he's pointing out here. Look at verse 3. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities. That's all our sins, all our rebellion, all our iniquities. Who heals all, not some, not part, not just the minor ones. Not just the ones that, that the doctors think we could live with. But all our diseases. There is nothing that God is not willing to heal in your body. If it's wrong, he's willing to fix it. There is nothing too hard for God. People get all bent out of shape about certain diseases and certain diagnoses and all of those things. But I'm telling you, nothing moves God in that realm because he's already got it covered. It'd be like if you had $10 million in the bank and somebody, you know, came and looked at, at your refrigerator and they said you need a new refrigerator and the kind you want and the kind that you've gotten to replace this, it's going to cost you $4,000 to replace this refrigerator. You've got a refrigerator that talks to you, that has the internet and all kinds of things, you know, if you want that. They make all kinds of fancy refrigerators. Amen. And so, you know, they may say, well, it's going to take $4,000. Well, you know, if you've got $10 million in the bank, you're not going to stay up all night worrying over that. Sure, you'd rather spend $4,000 on something else, but you've gotten used to cold stuff. (laughs) You've gotten used to a refrigerator. Amen? And so you'll just do it. And so whenever somebody says the word cancer, whenever somebody says, uh, uh, heart failure, or uh, what's what's that word that makes people swell and all of that uh, edema, and you know they used to call it a heart dropsy, uh, um, congestive heart failure. Uh, you know those really bad things, bad things. Do you know that God is not a bit bothered about that? Because He's already written the check. He's already paid the price. It's already in the bank. It's yours. Just make a withdrawal. Take your faith. Take your tongue. Take your voice and declare the truth of God and withdraw what you need. Take that benefit. Who healeth all thy diseases. And he didn't stop. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Amen. Satisfies your mouth with good things. I don't believe he's just talking about turkey. Banana pudding. Pumpkin pie. You know. Crab cakes. (laughs) T-bone steak. I don't think he's talking just about natural things. He satisfies your mouth with good things. There's a connection between your mouth and the good things that come out of your mouth and long life and health and healing. Amen. Amen. Who satisfies your mouth. In other words, if you're making confessions with your mouth, you're going to be satisfied with good things so that 
And the older I get, the more I like this part. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So we don't plan to be decrepit. We don't plan to be unable to function. We do not plan for the end of our life to be a horrible, terrible experience. We plan to go out with a bang. Amen. I don't mean you're getting shot. I mean going out with a bang. I mean you're just going and going until, you know, you get satisfied and then you're gone. You're gone. I mentioned Wigglesworth earlier. He died in ministry. He wasn't preaching, but he was doing what he would normally do. It's a normal day at 87 years of age. He went to a, a funeral and uh, in the vestry, in the room, you know, in the Anglican church, the place where the preachers put on their robes, their, you know, the vestments, uh, they were, the ministers had gathered in that room and he was there and all of a sudden he just leaned over and he was gone. No tubes, no machines, no strange room surrounded by strangers or in a room with nobody there, but there where his heart was, doing what he was called to do, he died, as we say, with his boots on. And I think that's a good goal to have. Amen. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Now I want to go to one more, and we will uh, we'll close with this point, and this is Psalm 107. So you just turn a few pages over in your Bible. Psalm 107. And the verse we have on our card is uh, the 20th verse, a portion of it. And it says, he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. And the verse goes on to say, and delivereth them. From their destructions. And the word destructions there could also be translated graves. So I would encourage you as you're memorizing these, and, and I, I'm, I've encouraged you and I'm trusting you are, you keep going over these until they become a part of your memory. <coughs> Excuse me. I would encourage you <coughs> to um, fill in the parts that might be lacking. And make that a part of your confession as well. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I always say it that way. Because what he's saying here is that there came a deliverance from death when God sent his word. Now let's look at the context. Psalm 107. And um, let's look at verse number 17. Fools, because of their transgression... And because of their iniquities are afflicted. Now we'll take a moment and point out that this can be a cause for sickness and disease. This is not the only reason, but this does happen. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Now obviously Psalm 103 says he forgives all of our iniquities. So this, a fool must be somebody that won't repent, that won't get their forgiveness. They won't, they won't receive it. Fools, because of their transgression, you know, the Bible says the fool is set in his heart, there is no God. So when you think about the word fool in the Bible, you've got to understand that, that though that there are many versions 
of foolish people in the world, one of the things that causes people to be foolish is they really don't believe that God's going to do what he said. They somehow think they're going to beat this thing. You know, the, the judgment isn't going to be the same for them as for everybody else. That somehow or another, this is going to, they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to weasel out of it. Well, I got to tell you something. This is not a crooked courtroom with crooked lawyers and crooked judges. When we stand before the Lord, it's total righteousness, total holiness. And we will be judged based on this book and how we've responded to it and what we've done with it. And so a fool is somebody who determines they will be a transgressor and they'll walk in their iniquities and they will not repent. And when people do that, and it's amazing how merciful God is, but when people choose to do that and will not turn, affliction will come. Affliction will come. Verse 18, their soul, and this is describing the symptoms, what kind of a condition that they get into. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. In other words, they don't feel like eating. And they draw near to the gates of death. They're down, as we say, at death's door. Then, and here's the good part, even after, after all the transgression, after all the rebellion, after all the stubbornness, they finally get to the place where they, verse 19, cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And what does God say? Good enough for you. No, that's not what he says. And he saveth them out of their distresses. How does he do it? And how did he do it for Israel? He sent his word. Let's say that together. He sent his word. Say it again. He sent his word. One more time. He sent his word. You see why we're such a stickler? Why we keep coming to these points over and over and over again in messages in this church? Because this is the way God brings blessing into our lives. He sent his word and what happened? And healed them. There's healing in the word. And, he's not through, delivered them from their graves, their destructions. Oh, that men, verse 21, would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. So every morning or night or midday, whenever you... Spend time with these scriptures, and I'm just assuming you will. I'm just, you know, we're just going to talk like we're all on the same page here. I want you to know that as you do this, you are declaring his works. You're declaring his will for your life. You are speaking what God wants, what God desires, and what God decrees. And when we do that, the devil doesn't have a chance just like Jesus took the word and defeated the devil in the wilderness so you and I take the word of God and we defeat the devil in the places of our wildernesses and just a note about that the devil came around three different times with three different temptations before he was ran off 
And even that was just until he could find a more opportune time. Why do I say that? Because if Jesus had to stand quoting scripture more than once to get to the place where the devil ran off down the road for a while, why would we think that we're just going to throw out one or two scriptures when we remember to do so? Or that we can just show up to church occasionally and maybe once in a while we might pray and that we're going to have victory. No, this is a life of some discipline. But it works. It works. Tonight we're going to pray for those who need healing in this service. We're going to lay hands on you if you want that. And we also uh, have some prayer cloths and we, uh, we have been asked for at least three of these. And so I have... Uh, a number of these more than the three and we're going to in a moment we're going to lay hands on these and then uh, people will take them as they are led to and want to but I'm not a healer Jesus is I'm only a messenger I'm only a representative I'm, I'm sent by him if he were here he would lay his hands on you he would touch you if he were here he would declare his word to you he, he went around the cities and villages teaching. So if he were here, he would teach. Preaching and healing. That's the threefold ministry of Jesus, Matthew 9, 35. Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing. All that were oppressed to the devil for God was with him. And so we know that through the word, like we've learned tonight, and through the anointing, as we see in the ministry of Jesus and the disciples, the apostles of old, we know that those elements produce in our lives healing and cures. And, and he hasn't changed. It's the same. So in Acts 19, 11, and 12, it says, And God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, it was God who did special miracles. It wasn't Paul who was special. It was God who did special miracles. So it's not the person it's not what their name is or their personality. It's whether or not there's an anointing. Because the anointing that was upon Paul went into the handkerchiefs and the cloths that were taken to the sick. And when those, those handkerchiefs and aprons touched the sick, if there was a demon spirit, they were delivered from that spirit. And some sickness is involved with spirits of infirmity. And things like that. Or if it's just a matter of healing only. The anointing flowed and they were healed. And uh, God gets the glory. So that's why we do this. We're not trying to put on a show. We're not trying to be controversial. We're just trying to be obedient to the word of God. Amen. So Father tonight. We. Are just obedient servants. We are your servants to command. We're not here to do our own will. We're not here to do our own thing. We are here, Lord, on a divine assignment. And so, Lord, we believe that when we lay hands upon those who come, if it's one or if it's several, we believe that the anointing will flow into their body and will fix what's wrong and affect a healing into their body, a cure into their body. I thank you for strengthening 
those who come. I thank you, Lord, that disease, incipient death, the progression of disease, that it's stopped in its tracks when the anointing is ministered to them. And not only is it stopped to go no further, but that it begins to reverse and healing comes. And Lord, whether it's instantaneous or whether it's a process, whether it's quick or whether it takes a little while, Lord, that's not my business, but I know that it's essential that we keep the switch of faith turned on until every symptom is gone and every deficiency is left us. That we believe, that we receive now when hands are laid on us. We're not begging you to do what you've already done. We won't insult you that way. And Lord, we're not just trying you to see what might happen. There's no faith in that. But we come ready to receive. We're not going to receive tomorrow. We're not going to receive next week. We're going to receive tonight. In Jesus' name. And if that's you, I want you to come right now just quickly. We're not making a show. We're just doing our best to obey God. But God has something for you. God truly has something for you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You know, it might be good if we would just have everybody seat, seated here. Would you, would you all mind to do that? That makes that will make it easier for you. We've got these chairs in here for the concert. Just, uh, and so there's not much room up here tonight. And we won't have you come up on the stage. Lord, I thank you for your anointing that goes into these pieces of cloth. I thank you, Lord, for your healing power. That when they are taken to the sick, the afflicted, and even if they're anyone that's demonized that they are completely set free and completely healed delivered by the power of God in the name of Jesus I thank you that the same anointing that's here tonight as we lay hands on these who have come forward that same anointing that's here that's upon me now to, to minister healing that that same anointing flows in these pieces of cloth and I thank you for supernatural results in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you hold on to these, and when we're through, then if you need a cloth, that's fine. Amen. Did you want to stand in for the brethren in South Carolina? What's his first name? Steve. Steve. Lord, Doug and I come into agreement. And he is here in proxy for Pastor Steve. Habrosakitalopra. <laughs> we know, Lord, it's not your will that he would die before his time. We rebuke death. We rebuke the cancer. We rebuke all of this and speak life into his body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Life. Life into this man of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in the name of in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you fix what's wrong. 
You can do it, but nobody else can. Thank you, Lord, for healing my sister. Right now, right now, tonight, in Jesus' name, don't have to be this way any longer. This is the end of the situation and the beginning of a new day, a new time. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Did you just come for those cloths, family? Oh, you in the name of Jesus? Well, it's yours. You know that. <laughs> you know how to receive. Take it. In Jesus' name, it's yours. Take it. In Jesus' name, it is yours. My sister, receive your healing now. Oh, I thank God. His power is upon you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Receive that anointing and be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Receive that. It's yours. It's yours. It belongs to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of above every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our healer, our deliverer. We call upon the mighty one, the greater one. Manifest yourself in healing power and glory. In the name of Jesus. In the Bela Bodicini, to fix what is wrong, we command everything to be straightened out, to be made right in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, girls, receive. Halamokosanda, the life of God, the life and the nature of God Himself. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Stophia, my brother, receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The devil is a liar. He is a liar. He's lied to you, but you know it and you understand it. So therefore, those lies mean nothing. They mean nothing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I agree with my brother. Thank God for his healing power. Thank God that you are able to cause blood flow and cleansing flow and and nerves and bones and tendons and flesh to be made completely normal and whole. Thank you, Lord. You can reconstruct that which you built the first time, that which you have designed with the great designing wisdom of Almighty God. You can repair this, and we believe you to do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for his healing power. I agree with my brother now, Lord, that your power, oh, yes, it's at work in his body. It's at work in his body right now. Right now. <laughs> We're not waiting a year or two. We're not waiting a month or two. We receive it now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, my brother, receive. In the name of Jesus, it is yours. It belongs to you. It's a part of your heritage as a son of God. In the name of Jesus, we speak life. We speak healing. We speak power. We speak change into your body. In the name of Jesus. And to my sister, receive that anointing right now. 
Oh, Madigalabanda, life, 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 and power. Oh, Rebessa, we rebuke all the work of the enemy. And we believe you, Father, to repair all the damage that's been done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll get over there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that you are more than enough. <laughs> we laugh at destruction and famine. We shall laugh. We laugh at this situation. We know it has to be changed. We know it cannot stand. It cannot stay. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Father. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Who is it here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This for you. Well, it's yours. <laughs> Receive what belongs to you. Amen. Just like writing a check. Just like putting the card into the machine and drawing on the account. It's yours. Receive it now. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I was looking for Tammy because I know you're going to give these out for me. Or whoever you want to do it. I'm just used to, I'm used to Tammy always doing it. It's fine. If you need one of those, put your hand up and, and she will get one to you. Praise the Lord. Anointing fall on me. Lord, we're so thankful for what you have done here tonight. What you've told us from Thank your word. You, what you've revealed to us. And what you've ministered to us, we thank you, Lord. We declare that we are a church that believes in the supernatural. Hallelujah. We believe in miracles. Thank we you, believe Jesus. in healing. We believe in answered prayer. And we thank do you. so without apology. Because, Lord, that's who you are. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter how many people don't believe it. It doesn't matter how many people criticize. It doesn't change.